Hello and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, Woo! I'm Samanda Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. Welcome to the show, and thank you for recording on a Tuesday this beautiful August 1st. August 1st. It is 1st. exciting. It, 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 it's it's um, it, it's it's great because there's a Taylor Swift song named after the month, which is great. Um, it's uh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I mean, look, I'm excited about that. Simone, Simone knows what I'm saying there. Like August is a great song. <laughs> you, you posted a video you did uh, on on Twitter, Christina, where it was like all these little girls like just screaming at the power of Jesus, and somebody was like, "That's the power of Swifties," and yep. you're like, "Yes, this is me." I really <laughs> thought that was true. I did. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's one hundred percent accurate. Um, but no, it's it's uh it's August and also um Simone, you'll be talking about it later, but you're getting ready to do like massive telethon duty. Ooh, yes I am, yes I am. Uh, but we'll talk about that and what we're doing this week. Thank you for mentioning it though. We've just got a before fun- the show, yeah, can, I, can I say something super quickly? I don't know yeah. if y'all saw a little blurb from the uh Joe Biden campaign in uh, uh Semaphore uh, today that came out. I'm just gonna read you a little quote. One glimpse of the strategy to reach the middle, the Biden campaign is going to attempt to reach Americans through digital gaming. <gasps> the campaign believes there's a large untapped audience. I just thought that was a very interesting uh, quote from the Biden campaign. And hmm. I think there are a lot of really interesting people out there working on projects like that right now. Gaming, reaching gamers, getting gamers yeah. to vote. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? I'm sure very it's something we'll be stuff. talking more about. <laughs> Perhaps in the coming months. Uh, but today we're going to be talking to you about rumors for a follow-up to the Nintendo Switch. Could it be? As well as a controversial Canadian law taxing links to news organizations posted on uh, services like Facebook and Google. Then for dessert, we will be addressing Mike Gate, the concept, the concept <laughs> of throwing things at live performers and facing consequences for it uh we'll be discussing the like trend of throwing things at people who are performing music for you um and uh what you can do to fight back just don't do it um (laughs) then our boosties i know it's it's wild to think about our boosted subscribers uh who pay for an ad-free version of the show and get a bonus segment every single week you are going to hear us discuss the situation of Ariana Grande and her relationship with Ethan Slater, who is SpongeBob uh, in the musical. But more importantly, they were Wicked co-stars. They're having a wicked affair. Uh, and it is messy. The timeline is messy. The details are messy. And we're going to be talking about some good old-fashioned celebrity relationship drama in our booster segment. If you want to learn more about how you can listen to said booster segments, Go to relay.fm slash membership. Learn how you too can support this show and get a fancy little extra like 10 to occasionally 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, honestly, Wait. we honestly we could we could talk for 30 minutes about the Ariana Grande situation. I'm not even joking Only here. Only 30 I know. minutes? Only 30 minutes. Look, this has taken over all of my group chats this week. So <laughs> like I'm not even I'm not even joking here. So yes. Christina's gonna have all of the like organically sourced opinions from the most well-read people uh online. <laughs> but before we get there, we have to talk about these organically sourced rumors on the Nintendo Switch follow-up. A rumored successor to the Nintendo Switch could be coming next year, according to VGC. Anonymous sources say that Nintendo's next-gen console could come in the latter half of 2024. Not, not the first half. No, no, no. Don't want it competing with the holiday season. Uh, And that some developers may already have dev kits for this new device. The VGC Mm. report also indicates that Nintendo is stocking up on components to avoid shortages. A thing that made me laugh. Because Nintendo notoriously... I don't even know. Like, I feel like it's a combination of artificial scarcity and also yes. the thirst for Nintendo products at this point. There, there will be shortages. I, I'm going to make be. a wild prediction. Of course there There's going to be. be shortages. Yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
To continue, uh, the new device would allegedly still be a hybrid portable device, much like the Nintendo Switch, with an LCD screen, according to reports from Bloomberg. Other vague statements from Shintaro Furukawa made this June, I believe in an investor's call, indicate that a new Nintendo device would use Nintendo accounts to make players' game purchases playable on this new device. Uh, My own colleague, Mike McWhorter, points out that the Switch has sold 125 million units since 2017 and over 1 billion games. Um, Nintendo kind of famously... Third third best-selling console of all time. Yeah, it's amazing. Nintendo's kind of famously bad about online uh, purchase linking, but potentially, maybe we will see a sea change for for the developer, for the publisher and developer. Um, So... What do we think about the new rumors about the Nintendo Switch 2 or the Nintendo... What was the previous codename for it that they were using? Oh, God. Uh, I don't remember. It It doesn't matter. No, that was was the Nintendo 64. It It wasn't Dolphin. That was the Wii. Um, Yeah, I I don't don't remember. Look, I want to say, obviously, friend DA in the video game industry is a famously tight, uh, extremely tight, never violated uh, uh, bond of trust between gamers. I've heard absolutely nothing about this uh, whatsoever uh, from people. Uh, You know, additionally, just talking about this on a real technical level, uh, the Switch has always been really, really hard to develop on. But, you know, like you said, because it has sold so many millions of consoles out there, uh, it's really become harder and harder and harder for developers to keep up. They're doing all these tricks. And, And what they find out is, you know, for some AAA games, they can go through. They can like rewrite the graphics engine and really make it run well on the on the Switch. But the limited RAM, uh, you know, just the the limited horsepower to draw things with, it is extremely extremely intensive to to make this work. So mm-hmm. I think more than anything else, um, yeah. You know, look, it's gonna like result in marginally better games for uh, for players. But what I think the real benefit is going to be is uh, hopefully the architecture will be better thought through. Uh, so, you know, game developers can just downscale their engine and bring games over to it uh, without this giant headache. I think we're all tired of getting subpar Wii ports. <laughs> They're trying to do esoteric things like cloud gaming to basically deal with what is a tremendously underpowered console. Yeah, no, I agree with Amen. that. But 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 there's I I guess my my question is for a certain degree like so Nintendo has had a hit like they've basically never had before. Like the only other console that they've made that sold more than this was the original Game Boy and that was over yep. a much longer period of time, right? That was over like a decade plus. Um uh the PlayStation 2 uh for anybody who's curious is still like the best-selling console of all time. But um, and that and and that to be completely honest is because many people just bought them as DVD players. But yeah. um, oh, no, that's me actually with my PS Five. Well, no, but that's actually like a real thing. Like that, it, it was cheaper or, or about the same price as most consumer DVD players. So it was bought wow. that way. But um, so they have a hit like they've never had before. So I'm curious as to like how much they really have to do to satisfy anyone. Like the big like unasked question is, will it be backward compatible? Now on the face, yeah. I'd be like. Obviously, but then I'm also thinking, okay, they were using what was even in 2017 a fairly underpowered Tegra 2 chip that was what you found in, in an NVIDIA uh, Shield circa 2015. You know, at that time, like obviously you can do emulation with ARM um, processors more easily than some others. So if they stick with ARM, which I'm sure they would, you could do you know some some emulation stuff or backward compatibility. But I am curious, like if they even have to, you know what I mean? Like they've sold so many that that would be really nice, but they also are in this weird position of power where if they were to be like, we're starting all over, it would still have massive um, demand. And it would also be like developers. I think that would feel like they had to be on the platform, um, even if they had to update their game code. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I I think it's a super tough question because this is something I think the polygon piece from McWhorter, my colleague pointed out is that we have become perhaps more accustomed to backwards compatibility in, in the last few years. Um, And, and they have, but, but on the other hand, they have like sold so many 
switches. I, I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm kind of trying to piece my way through like, what is the most like consumer friendly thing to do versus what is the most realistic thing for the developers who are making these games to do. And I, I think ultimately I, I'm curious about what it is, as Brie indicated, going to be like to develop for this console because right. to develop a game, presumably we will see as we have seen, you know, with the previous generations of uh, Xbox and PlayStation consoles, people making games for the current gen and the new generation right. for a couple of years. Yeah. Because again, 125 yeah. million units, it's not a small number. Um, and I'll be curious to know like wh- what difference, what the difference will be between developing for the new console and developing for the current switch. I mean, I hear you. I think that, uh, you know, there are a lot of really great uh, PlayStation 3 games that have never been ported right. because that Motorola, Motorola, that Motorola processor was so difficult to develop on. Uh, you know, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, is a really, really good game. It's a historically important game. Uh, I, 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 To my knowledge, that's never been ported to anything. Right. So um, I think that this Tegra processor, you know, just because it, it it does, Nintendo's had enough time to develop like a really rich uh, you know, game dev uh, pipeline to basically port things over from x86. That right. I don't think it's going to be as bad as, uh, you know, the PlayStation 3 situation, but really think through this. Like, what kind of architecture is this going to have? There are a ton of, you know, x86 uh, Switch handheld competitors right. that are, you know, basically uh, glorified Windows machines, right? They're out there. Um, the ones that have, you know, run off Android or something more esoteric, they haven't really gotten a foothold in the market. So, you know, there's a lot of of cheap components out there if Nintendo wants to work with that and kind of get on the uh, x86 bandwagon, right? But maybe they don't. Maybe I don't think they do. Maybe that's almost a strength for them, right? Yeah. Because that control of making developers come to them and doing, you know, esoteric things to port the games over, it's a heavy lift for them, but it certainly gives Nintendo um, a distinctive voice in this space. So... And not, not to mention not to mention the power benefits. Like, like the power benefits are, are, are a massive thing. Like, when you look at the Steam Deck and you look at like the ROG um, Alley and some of the other things like they don't get and like the Switch to be clear is not like a battery powerhouse um, but 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 it's it's better than anything else and you would not get that if you were not running an ARM processor that's that's a fact yeah. now how much they would want to customize that versus using you know they basically used an off the shelf one last time I don't think that they will this time and that's that that's I think my only question about like what what it'll mean for backward compatibility yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So I think what we're coming to is it seems very unlikely there's going to be backwards compatibility. If there is, I mean, I, I guess I could see it going through some translation layer. Yeah, but, that's what I would think. You know, that's what I would think. Then I, it's going to take such a huge battery hit. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. although that might be a, a valid trade off, right? Like if they said, look, you can run it in emulated switch mode. Because right now you mentioned how you can, you know, the, the x86 consoles. Uh, or, or handhelds, those actually emulate the Switch remarkably. And the Switch is actually yeah. emulated on x86, great. It's also emulated on, uh, you know, uh, Apple Silicon, fantastic. Like, we're talking running better on emulated than, than on native hardware just because the native hardware is so slow. So there is a case to be made that they could just emulate it, um, which is obviously what Xbox mm. has done for, for generations. And to your point, there might be a, a you know a performance trade-off in terms of battery life. That might be a way to get around it, right? That might be the way to serve both audiences. We're going to have a new SDK, a new environment for developers, um, a, a new way of, of factoring your games. But we will also have this mode where you can run the old stuff. And maybe depending on you know the the dev game pipeline and and what they're doing with Unreal or Unity or whatever, it might be possible for some of the devs to reconfigure some things and, and output you know to this to this new um, platform without having to do a ton of modifications. Now that I wouldn't expect a lot of people to do, but that might be one way of mm-hmm. of, of getting you know games for for both platforms. Uh, to your point, Simone, and then you know really being like, okay, you can play the old stuff; it's not going to play as well. But really, this is what we want people to do going forward. And I I think on a certain level, like when it comes to like thinking about what developers are trying to do and publishers are trying to do, like they want to sell their games. And I think that that makes complete sense when it comes to a new platform. Like, but also there there is a benefit in 
making sure that that game is as optimized for that platform as possible. Yes. And I think that like you, you have to ideally for it to run as well as possible, you are doing additional work on it and it makes sense to get paid for that. Yep. And re like re-release it as a new version. Agreed. Um, so yeah, I, I can definitely see kind of both, <laughs> both, uh, desires, uh, that are kind of doing battle here. I feel like we've got a path for this in the video game industry now. Uh, one of the things that uh, we've done is uh, we have upgrades now for the PS4 yep. uh, to the PS5, right? So Neo 2 is a really good example. I bought this on PS4 uh, and I paid, I think it was $10 or something to move it over to PS5. Yes. I didn't mind doing that. No, I think and that'd I be think great. Yeah, and because so many Nintendo games are proprietary, like the ones that people are going to get upset about. You know, it's it's uh, Mario Kart, it's Smash. You know, it's it's it, it tends to be just like you know, let's be realistic about twenty or thirty games that people really really love and play on there. I could see them offering like paid upgrades to port that over, and I think it would make enough people happy uh, that I, I think it could quell any anger. No, I agree. I mean, I think that if you charged like a low enough fee, I think people wouldn't have a problem with it. You call it enhanced, you call it, you know, plus whatever the case may be. Like you said, I think that and and and, and I wasn't um, at all expecting people to do it for free. I was just more thinking about like the the huge catalog of, of games that people, you know, that the one offs that maybe wouldn't get remastered or, or upgraded, you know, that people are like, oh, but I really want to play, you know, this, you know, indie game or whatever. Um because at this point, when you have 125, this is the hard thing for Nintendo. When you have 125 million things sold, people are really dedicated to those libraries. And and so, you know, it, you have to have the trade-off there. But I think the exciting thing about this to me is, like, we, we've seen what Nintendo did and, and uh, frankly, forced the the uh, the game um, studios and the publishers to do on really limited constraints. Mm-hmm. And if things are, you know, like, let's just put it this way. If it's, if it's, you know, seven years later, but it's still two years behind, like that would be a <laughs> massive improvement, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And, and yeah, I mean, that's something that I've been thinking about as I've been making, working on this video about the physics in Zelda. Uh, one of the devs Ooh. that I talked to, Cole Wardell was saying like, he hopes that one of the takeaways from this, among many other things, is that people realize that graphics really aren't the end-all be-all. Right. Which is not to say that, like, the Switch shouldn't be easier to develop for when it comes to, like, the the work that the developers have to do. But having a style and and really solid gameplay is more important than looking really, really, like, uh, faithful to reality, I think. Um, And I, I hope that that is something that, you know, we we keep in our minds when the the new switch arrives because i'm sure it won't be like it's not gonna be uh the playstation no. 5 in terms of graphics and it doesn't have to be right yeah. like that yeah, I, exactly. I, I think that's the big lesson from this i think we we made the switch i think was our, our device the year like three years in a row or something like yeah and, and it's so good it's so good it's it's genuinely in my opinion it, it is one of the greatest video game consoles of all time and it's the only one you know from like the the 2010s that i would even remotely put like as being like worthy of that category. Oh my god, the 2010s. I know. I know. But like I wouldn't I wouldn't put anything else wouldn't even be like worthy of like being on my on mm-hmm. my top 10 list, you know, just just being honest. Um so um I, I think the the my bigger concern to be honest with you is like Nintendo's saying that they're going to make it really easy for people to move things over and I'm like you you create a brand new online or account system every time you release a new damn console. They do can't not even like have people back up their exactly saves to the cloud. Exactly. So that's <laughs> my big concern. I'm like, I'm like, do not, do not make me sign up for another Nintendo account. Do not like create a brand new thing Please. again. Like I've gone through this however many times. You know, I've gone from like like with the the, the Wii having a different account system from like the 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 the, the DS and 3DS and you know the the Wii U having a completely different thing and then the you know where did they switch. keep all this data do you think they just dump uh, it in a big bucket oh it's been leaked They're just like it, it, whatever I'm, I'm sure it was leaked when all the source code was leaked which you know look if that's what had to happen for me to get the ability to play Mario 64 
um, on <laughs> other devices uh, with, with hacks and stuff, then, then maybe it was worth it. But I don't know. It's what has to happen. So I feel like we've talked about the, the nerdiest aspect of this, which is the development pipeline. But uh, it's it's worth remembering. Like coming from the, the Wii U, which is essentially just an iPad type to a GameCube. <laughs> right. Like the Switch was really revolutionary. Yeah. Right. The Joy-Cons. The Joy-Cons didn't really pan out, I think, in the long run. I've never seen anyone do that. So no. like, when it comes to innovation in the, well, we, the, well, the actual... Well, well the, 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 um, what was the fitness game? Um, oh God, I use it every day. Ring Fit. Yeah. 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 What are the features that we want for this? Because I think for me, uh, one of the things I do want is like a bigger screen. Yep. I understand they're going to have Joy-Cons again, but I want something more sophisticated. Give me a damn cross pad, like a traditional D-pad. Yeah, I really want to see them invest in the controllers. I think that's obvious. But like, what is the Nintendo magic that you think they can bring to the industry this time? And they love making weird stuff. They do. They do. I mean... I want drift to be fixed. Yes, I mean, as a person say, who is yes. suffering it for the very first time, <sighs> um, I'm obviously I'm suffering more than anyone ever has. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I mean, imagine getting Joy-Con drift for the first time right when a, a Zelda game that is entirely about fill pivoting out, objects, fill out that small form. degrees, make them send you a new one. Fill out that form on I'm their website. They will send it. you new ones. I know. Uh, emotionally, that's difficult. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want the link right now. Drift. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> oh, God. Stop spoiling me. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm never going to learn to do anything myself, Mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, yes. I, I would like that to be fixed. I would like, I think, uh, the online system to be a little more sophisticated. I know we, uh, like, I remember when Animal Crossing came out and we were all like, downloading the nintendo online app and like chatting via text through that yes. i'm vague i'm yes. trying to remember 2020 yes, we were. yes. yes. nuts yes um let's not do that anymore and then Ugh. i am i'm actually kind of torn on how i feel about friend codes um because i felt for long before that they were kind of kind of archaic versus just like searching for someone's username but I, I don't know. There, there. It does feel like their uniqueness has some kind of utility. So, anyway, yes, better online capabilities. Uh, fix the drift. I'm honestly a big fan of the Joy Cons. Uh, I, I, I would like. like I agree with you, Bree, that they should be more really? substantial. Yeah. Um. But I mean, the fact that they have the Pro controller anyway. Maybe they release Pro Joy Cons. Maybe see, that. Maybe that they have Joy Cons, awesome. Pro Joy Cons, oh. and the Pro controller. There okay. we go. Okay. See that I like because I think then, and you make them be able to fit the same way. They would add some other stuff. Like I did. I do like yep. the touchpad thing that the Steam Deck has. Like if you had something kind of like that and it was, you know, an additional add-on, like I love that. I love that idea. Um, awesome. Yeah, like yep. imagine plugging in Joy-Cons with like big grips, like yes. big firm grips and like the full D-pad and like, yeah, yes. the Steam Deck touchpad. That'd be sick. That would be great. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I'm also with you on um, Brie on like I want a bigger screen. Um, I also like the Joy-Cons in terms of like as a standalone kind of things that hasn't really worked as well. But the fact that you they are movable and they have, you know, like gyroscopic stuff is is still pretty great. And obviously like, the Pro Controller, yeah, continue to refine that and do what you do best, which is rip off the Xbox uh, game controller, which to <laughs> be clear, to be clear, is the perfect controller. So I'm not mad at that. Like that's 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 what you do yeah. best. And that is a that's like the perfect game controller. So rip that off. Um, I try to think what else, you know, the dock is one of those things that I do really love and, and does make the switch, the switch. I would be kind of interested in seeing if there was maybe something more you could do with the dock. Like what if you could like see the screen potentially, and then like have potentially other stuff on the screen happening while it's also docked in, right? Like that could kind of be interesting. Yeah. I'm intrigued. What about you, Bree? I don't know. It, it feels like they need something, right? I don't know if it's Labo too, like their cardboard yeah, stuff, like I love put Labo. out new, new craziness. But it, it's got to have some magic, right? Like I think one of the reasons the Wii U uh, never really took in the marketplace is because it felt like such a pale echo of the Wii. Right. Like they tried to innovate. They brought this, uh, you know, iPad screen to it. And I mean, it just never really integrated with the game experience. No one is going to complain about 
uh, having more power, bigger screen, easier uh, you know time for devs. But I think at the same time, that's not really compelling reason for right. people to go out Why there they upgrade? and do it. Yeah. Right. So can you use it? Like I know a lot of parents uh, use the iPad as kind of the um, – you know, the, the center device for their children to, mm-hmm. like, watch mm-hmm. and distract them. Can you put Netflix on there? Can you kind of make it the center of kids' uh, digital world in a safer way, right? I, I think there are ways to do this. I just, um, I think they've got to have some magic to really make it uh, catch with the normies because we're going to buy it no matter oh, what. Oh, yeah. No, and you know what? I have to say, like, that's the one thing I'm not worried about. Like, I'm like, look, they are way more creative and thoughtful and smarter than I am, which is evidenced by the fact that, you know, they clearly had the idea for the Switch with the Wii U, and the Wii U just the technology wasn't there for it to work, and and that that device, that poor poor failed device. Um, mm. But but the Switch, I remember how we were all we thought it was weird. We were like, we don't get what they're going after, and yet they nailed it, right? Like even down to the they demographics, nailed it. they showed us even even down to the demographics. When I think back about that first teaser clip they released in like November of 2016 or whatever, and it was showing people people our age playing with it. It wasn't kids. It was people our age on the mm. train and doing all this stuff. And I was like, who are they going after? This is weird. And then sure enough, every scenario, except maybe playing great basketball, was a scenario where adults were using their switches. Kids, I, I think that was kind of a gimme. And uh, like, I, I was at the Switch launch event in New York and it was one of those things where I, I, I really, I was hopeful. Like I was not wanting to get ahead of myself because I'd been, I'd been suckered in by the, the Wii uh, U but I was like, this, this feels different. And so I think that as long as, look, I think even if they phone it in, they would do well. But I think that if they have, if they don't phone it in, and to your point, Bree, they can do that extra bit of magic that I think really only Disney and, and Nintendo can do. Um, I'm excited, you know? Yeah. Well, on that note, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, your services, even the content you create. Squarespace has it all in one place. Squarespace has everything you need in one place. Man, I really thought I was going to be able to make that into some kind of meter, and (laughs) it didn't happen. Let me tell you what I won't be selling on my Squarespace website, my original music, but it's not because I can't. It's it's because I'm I'm not good at making music, but if you are, wow. You could sell your you could you could sell your albums, sell your beautiful albums on Squarespace. I'm just making things up. Uh, You. A Squarespace user can make the most of the Fluid Engine with Squarespace. It's Squarespace's next-generation website design system to unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. You start with a best-in-class website template, and then you say you crack your knuckles and you customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. You can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. It's built in and ready to go on any new Squarespace website. And then, oh, gosh, you're making your blog posts. You're putting beautiful, glossy photos in them so that people can look at them and go, amazing. I'd like to read and or purchase and or learn more about this. You can organize that content in the new asset library. Upload, organize, and access all of your content in one place. No more scrambling to find the right content. You can manage all your files from one central hub and use them across the Squarespace platform. And then you'll know what you need to do to grow your business with analytics. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. And improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on top keywords or the most popular products and content. They're adding new stuff to this service all the freaking time um, and making it bigger and better and shinier. And it's still, I think, basically the easiest way to build a website that looks good out of the box, but also lets you mess with it in whatever way you want in this, the year 2023, where we are. Check out squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial. And when you're, when you are ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash rocket and use the code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket when you decide to sign up and get 10% off your first purchase. And show your support for us here at Rocket, your favorite tech podcast. Thanks so much. 
And our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Something just occurred to me, which is I meant to mention this at the end of last week's show. Like my voice was really hoarse last week and my laugh was particularly bad, I think. <laughs> and I, I thought about it as we were logging off. I was like, shoot, I should have mentioned something about that. I was I was laughing, like not in the the regular, like bellowing, screeching way that I do, but in a sort of more higher pitched, short squeaking way. And it was different. And I, I just have mm. to apologize to anyone who, you know, went through that, listening to that, starting uh, with you two. I- I, I didn't notice. I mean, look, I love you regardless. Upsetting. But, but, yeah. but, uh, yeah. so yeah. I mean, I, and I love your laugh. So you're, th- thank you. Yeah. But, but thanks yeah, everyone. Your laugh is, your laugh is, it's, it's, it's lovable. It's, it's a, it's a quirk. It, it, it's what makes you the, the magical manic pixie dream girl of Rocket. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to that, hear the next but, news story? <laughs> Oh God! Oh my God! Don't ever. Okay. 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 This. This you can't do. I will live and laugh forever. That. That. I I will not. I will not. No. No. Everyone hates it. That makes my soul want to exit my body. Wow. Okay. I just feel like I have this power. Okay. (laughs) Meta. Let's talk about link taxes. Meta is blocking news content on Facebook and Instagram in Canada after Canada's C-18 bill passed on June 22nd, instituting a link tax in the country, which they don't want to call a link tax. But it is. But we're going to call it that because it's simple and understandable. The Online News Act requires tech companies to pay for links to news content, both on links that publishers post themselves and also links posted by users. This has been attempted before uh, in many places all over the world. Uh, Tech Dirt's Mike Masnick points out in Europe back in, uh, he pointed this out back in March in an article on Tech Dirt uh, that in Belgium, a similar link tax passed and uh, as well as in Australia and in Germany. In Belgium, uh, Google basically said, Okay, so we will stop listing publishers who don't give us a free license to link to their work on the world's the Western world's most ubiquitous search engine. And the publishers were like, oh, okay, here, here's here's your licenses, please. Uh, and then in Germany, again, paraphrasing Masnick's tech dirt piece here, there was a tax on snippets. Uh, of the articles that Google displays, Uh, they wanted to tax snippets and that passed. And then Google was like, okay. We won't show snippets. And then the publishers were like, wait, 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 we'll give you, 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 you can, you can display them. That's fine. Um, similar laws have been proposed in the United States so far have not succeeded, you know, as recently as last year by Amy Klobuchar. Um, obviously, they have not succeeded or else you would have heard about it on Rockets. Okay, what do we think about both this, uh, the passage of this law in Canada, as well as Meta's move to block links. Well, I think Facebook without the news feed sounds like a much better product. Maybe you can actually talk to your friends again. So uh, I wish I could go on the Canadian version. Of Maybe they can block Facebook. advertising links too, and we can just yeah, that would be, just be amazing. It just um, seems yeah. so silly. Yeah, I mean, it, my, Christy, my feeling. Why don't yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, my feeling about this story is it's one of the ones that's, like, really easy to read a headline and have a, a one kind of feeling about it and then to look into it and be like, oh, this is just – a this is the government shoot- – and, the I mean, the publishers shooting themselves in the foot. And I know Christina feels similarly. So, Christina, do you have thoughts? Oh, I mean, look, I, I, as I said, like, on, on other platforms, I – this is a rare time that I'm in complete and 100% full-throated agreement with Meta and Google, and I am opposed to any of these laws because what it is, uh, Mike um, Mazanek said this uh, in Tech Dirt, uh, and, and side note, you really need to read the profile of, of Mike um, that Cashmere uh, uh, Hill wrote for the New York Times um, earlier this week. It's great. Um, we'll have that linked. But uh, it is uh, like an assault on the open web, and I think that people who think that they are like, man, yeah, make them pay their make them pay their way and, and you know, damn the man. And these these tech companies are going too far and and support journalism. No, no, I'm sorry. That's not how this works. Um, uh, simply sharing a link or having you know something come up in search engine history is not stealing from you. And it is not something that you need to be paid for. If you did not want your things to be shared that way, you could, as Mike says in his piece, you could adjust your your robots.txt file and Google would not be able to index your site. 
You could also tell Facebook that you don't want them to index your site. The companies won't do that. Why? Because for many, many years, they've spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to get traffic from these two sources. They pay money every single month to those companies and to SEO optimizers to try to get traffic this way. Now, because the algorithms that those companies are using, um, uh, Facebook notably is is very much limited how much news you will see in in your um, your feed. Um, you know, Google is is uh, making news harder to find. And so people aren't, uh, you know, publishers aren't getting the inbound traffic they used to get the same way. Now they're like, oh, well, now we want to be paid for the traffic. No, no, you, you don't get to charge for hyperlinks. That's not how this works. And 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 I, I just, I think that it's completely asinine and stupid. And I think that frankly, like when they did a similar thing in Australia, there was a, a capitulation where Google and, and Facebook agreed to basically give Rupert Murdoch some money, which was dumb. But they, they but they didn't really capitulate to the whole rule. They they gave kind of like a a gross amount, but they weren't saying like, oh, we're going to give you like a a fee per per click or anything. And that was dumb and that was gross, but whatever. But in this case, um, uh, no offense to the, to the people in the fine publications in Canada, but you don't have that kind of leverage. And um, I think that. Facebook is absolutely in their right to just be like, okay, cool. We will block all links. And that, who is that going to hurt? That's going to hurt journalists. That's going to hurt creators. That's going to hurt the news. That's going to hurt information. But that's that's on the Canadian government. The Canadian government chose to do that. I I, I hear you. It, it, yeah, there's a really similar conversation that's come out this week in streaming uh, because a bunch of uh, you know content creators that create you know, long form videos are uh, having a conversation about React content. So what happens is uh, there are, you know, people that make really high quality YouTube videos and then it goes out to, you know, uh, XQC or Destiny or a bunch of people like that. They watch it on stream to much, 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 much larger audiences. Sometimes it drives, uh, you know, traffic to that site. Sometimes it doesn't, right? And, uh, you know, some smaller creators uh, at times feel very abused by that relationship. I'm fairly good friends with Wick over at Wick TV, which is a smaller uh, debate channel, right? His channel, um, Destiny, gets many, 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 many more times the views, and Destiny makes much, much, much more money off of that content than Wick often does, right? I'm not voicing an opinion either way. Uh, I'm just saying that's a, a tension that exists here. And it's kind of the same open web problem, right? You've got someone that's out there and they're they're commenting, you know, transforming it because they're pausing and, you know, talking about it. I, I don't know. I think all this stuff is really tough. I think the question I would really have for you directly, Christina, is this situation with journalism, like it's not getting better. And at some point, like it feels like we need something structural to like save journalism in, in, in like uh, in just across the free world. So I agree with you. This is not the, the way forward. What is the way forward? Like fixing advertising rates? I don't agree with I, that. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, like I don't it's, know. It's a hell of a problem. Well, right. I, I, would, I would say two things. I would say, number one, I think this is actually very different than the, the, the streaming issue, which I think is, is a much broader fair use question. And I, I definitely mm-hmm. can see the pros and cons there. But I definitely think that there is much more of an argument to be made that if the primary purpose of your content, even though I, I agree with, with more relaxed fair use things, I think that's very different from a hyperlink. Because we're not talking about embedded full articles. We're literally talking about a link to going to something and, and maybe even a text that the publisher has chosen to, to excerpt as being part of the preview and, and that that has to be taxed. So I, I, I actually do think that they're very different issues, even though I understand it, what you're it saying. Is, it is obviously different, but the, the model is kind of the same, right? The Facebook news feed, you scroll it, it serves you ads. They make money on that. And the hope publishers have is that you don't just read the headline, you click. It's a very similar model. Right, because then the hope is with uh, you know someone like Wick and Destiny that they're going to watch it on Destiny and then they're going to go over and subscribe to Wick TV or something like that. Right, it's kind of a one-off, and sometimes it drives traffic. I'm just saying that that fundamental like hope with the content being free that is very much the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I still 
we're just going to have to agree to disagree on that because sure. I, I actually don't think that they're similar. But I, I understand the tension is, is similar, but I, I think the circumstances are completely different. But I would say the second thing to your point, yeah, journalism is having a lot of problems and has had a lot of problems for a long time. And a lot of it, frankly, is the is the institutions themselves fault. They have refused to innovate. They've um, frankly given money to or and taken money from the tech companies and not done anything to innovate themselves. The one news organization that actually has innovated themselves and has invested in things is the only one that's actually remarkably profitable, and that's the New York Times. So I would say a lot of this falls on the feet of publishers themselves. And I would also say, you know, if, if your concern is you can't pay for it because it, it's expected to be free, then charge for it. Then 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 change the perception that that every link on the web has to be free. But the people who need to pay for it are are not people who are sending a hyperlink. If I share an article that has a paywall and somebody's like, oh, I can't read this because I don't have the paywall, okay, well then you don't get to read the article. But I still wanted to share this because yeah. I liked it. But you know, um, so I I mean I that 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 to me, like I, I don't have answers for this, but I, I don't think it's the responsibility of the tech companies to create a new business model. Um, for the newspaper industry or the, the journalism industry, when, to be completely honest, they gave them a second lifeline to begin with after they lost their main, um, uh, you know, um, like uh, financial support, which was classified ads. So, you know, like it was Google and Facebook uh, advertising is what is programmatic advertising is what has made them their money. So, you know, it it's, to me, I, I, I don't think it's on I agree with you that I'm very concerned about the future of journalism, but I don't think it's on the tech companies to have to bail them out. I would go even further to say, just like what happened in Australia, if there is a bailout, the people who get paid are the companies that are already many billion dollar, multi-billion dollar conglomerates. It's not going to be your local papers. It's not going to be your everyday journalists. It's going to be the already really rich places that don't want to divvy it out. And and so, you know, I, I'm just opposed to this entirely, but that's that, that's me. Yeah. Just to be super clear, my argument was not that the the tech companies should bail journalists out. Uh, I know you didn't say that I did. I just want that to be clear to the listeners. I agree with you. This is a bad idea. And, and coming back to your point, I was really astonished to see the Washington Post considering layoffs, right? Like this is a paper I pay, what is it, like $15 a month for this? And a whole bunch of other people do too. And they've got Jeff Bezos money. Like at some <laughs> point, you've got to, you got well, they're running at a loss. This is, but they're, but, but they're losing two hundred million dollars a year. So it's crazy. How? How? I, I, it yeah, it, make it sense is nuts. Like I, I completely agree. Like that. Obviously, journalism as an industry has a whole ton of problems, and I am deeply concerned about it. And I do think that the role that like say companies like like facebook have had in and and like publishers are complicit in this the way that everyone kind yeah. of bent over backwards to pretend that video was going to work like we we all kind of communally tried to do that together with short form video on facebook um and yes facebook i do think kind of lied to people about how uh, did lie to people about like the numbers that they were getting on that but also people believe them um and didn't necessarily do due diligence yep. on that so that's neither here nor there, because to me, the concept of like linking to something like just, I guess, for an anecdote, I have a friend, uh, Lily Herman. She writes an incredible F1 newsletter, uh, Engine Failure. She's also a journalist. She works at Yahoo. Uh, she does their like um, link roundup. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but she she writes a newsletter for them. But on her personal Instagram, she is always she is reading articles and paying for, to read articles from seemingly every publication under the sun. And then she will post like a screenshot of that article, a brief bit of like her thoughts on it and a link out to it. And to me, it it, it I, I click on I, I see and I click on so many articles that I never would have seen from like people's sub stacks, from mm -hmm. outlets like The Atlantic, from Washington Post, New York Times, um, my own Vox Media, Polygon, The Cut. Like she reads literally everything. And to me, what she's essentially doing it, it and she's not doing this because it's marketing. She's doing this because she reads widely and right. likes to share her thoughts. But the action that it is in my world is marketing. Yes. Ha having a link to something, showing someone something, saying, here's my thoughts on this. Go check it out. That is marketing. And the idea of, say, a, a an internet where I want to, like, t take Tumblr as an example. I want to, like, share something on Tumblr and link out to it. And I have to find a way to, like, get around actually posting a link 
so that people can click on it, bonkers to me. The idea of an internet where we have to find a website that isn't indexed on Google and like read the news articles on that website, yep, bonkers. It just doesn't make sense. And we, I think we could say maybe there, maybe in an ideal world, we could. But Google, <laughs> it's not going anywhere exactly at the moment. It's broken. It's sure broken. And attempting to like game its system is kind of a, a, a losing bet. But the problem is not that links are showing up there. Right. That's not the problem it, that uh, that needs to be solved. So I, I just really don't get this. This is the second week in a row that I've been forced <laughs> to agree with Meta. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> So those are my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, link taxes? Keep an eye out for it in the U.S. A-H-R-E-F. That's all I have to say. Hey. uh, Let's talk about throwing things at people. The latest in the epidemic of throwing things at live performers comes from Las Vegas, (laughs) where a fan is filing a battery police report against Cardi B after, hang on with me for this one, the fan decided to throw a drink at her while she was performing. And then Cardi B was like, I can do that too. And threw her (sighs) microphone back at the fan. Um, Last month, I mean, this is the latest in a series of incidents very similar. Last month, an audience member threw a phone at BB Rexa, uh, hit her right in the face. It was bad. Uh, Again, while she was performing, Lil Nas X had a sex toy thrown at him and someone threw human ashes at Pink. Oh, my God. Showing that people really don't know how to act in public anymore. Oh, yeah. Also, that's, also, did you add the fan that 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 threw the drink at Cardi B and then she retaliated has filed a police report against as, yes, as open? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's a battery insane. police report. Oh. Yeah. So I I mean obviously prison, prison for whoever did that. Prison. I think literally on paper, yeah, throwing a microphone at someone is probably battery. Do I care? No, I do not. <laughs> I and honestly, like if you watch the video of it, she is so collected during mm-hmm. this like she the the person is mm-hmm. holding you can see in the crowd the person is towards the front of the like uh the GA section they're holding their hand up with the like big drink cup in it like clearly waiting for her to get closer and then they kind of expertly like tilt the wrist back and fling the drink forward directly on her and she kind of looks at them immediately throws the mic directly like at the person who threw the drink at her and then just kind of stands there looking so hot and yep. like in control and also furious as the security uh, descends upon this person to remove who, them from her life. Who is then begging not to be, because like, there was like another like view of it who she's like then begging, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't kick me out. Don't kick me out. Don't kick me out. What are you doing at the concert then? Why yeah, are exactly. you throwing drinks? Exactly. What are you doing? Do you- <laughs> People don't know how to act. Um, I, yeah, Mike Gate. I support it. I support it, too. Like, I think it's absolutely, like, ridiculous that this would even be a battery report. It's like you started it. Like, I, I think, like, if somebody hits you, you're allowed to hit them back. Like, On, yeah. If I had the audacity to do this to a performer and then got caught doing it and kicked out of a venue on camera, I hope that I would then accrue the shame necessary to yeah. not file a police report about it. Because I, I started it. Right. It was my fault. Right. And 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 the thing is, like to, to Cardi B's credit, like she just took care of business. She didn't talk about it. She didn't she didn't do an Instagram live. She didn't do anything about it. Like she just took care of business the way that it needs to be done. She th- yeah. she 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 th- she threw it back at the, she threw it back at the which like good. Like it, it's it's insane to me that like people do not know how to act. The fact that people are having to, you know, like give statements before, you know, shows like don't throw stuff. I mean, the one that got me is, yeah, the person throwing, like, a, a baggie of their mom's ashes at Pink. Oh. And Pink is like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then it's kind of, like, doesn't touch it and then goes back to singing. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Like, genuinely, yeah. what is wrong with you? Like, God. I mean, this is, it's part of a wider trend. You know, they've um, they've done studies about uh, what's going on on airplanes post-pandemic. And, you know, the, the number of, like, incidents with unruly passengers is, like, through the roof. Yeah. Now, part of that is obviously because our infrastructure is failing and the airports are getting worse <laughs> and worse and worse. And, like, that, that pressure valve ends up coming out with the employees. But I have no doubt 
that like just overall in America, there is a decrease in just the ability of people to be civil to one another. Right. And I, I don't know what the answer is like we're all online all the time and it encourages many of us to become the worst version of ourselves and to be emotionally reactive with everything. I don't know if like I, I also think there's a component of it where I, I can tell you it's like a public facing person. A lot of the people that send me don't see me as human. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's someone you're hunting. And I think they don't see Cardi B as human. That's absolutely that true. Moment, right? That's absolutely true. Yeah. They, 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 they see her same with Harry Styles, same with the name of these other people. They see them as like mm. a non-human existence. And, and um, uh, I, I've had that experience, too. Not to the extent you have, but when I've had people say really hateful things to me, occasionally, sometimes you can never reason with them, but sometimes you can actually have a conversation and then they're like, oh, I didn't know you. I, di I didn't really think that you were a real person. Like I've actually had people oh say that God. to me before. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, and I think it's only gotten worse. And I think that, I don't know if it's because we become so accustomed to watching people on social media and on a screen that then when you see them live, you, you think that you have some sort of ownership or you can take something out or, or people think, oh, well, I paid a lot of money to be here. So I have rights that I don't have like the, the, the parasocial thing I think is part of it. Mm. But I also think like, you know, I, th I think also to your point, like the, what's happened post the pandemic, but it's just, it's insane to me. And it's like, this is not okay. This mm -hmm. is not okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm glad that the Cardi B, because she is one of our smartest and, and like most, oh, God. like I, yeah. I love her. Like she, I'm glad that she is doing the thing a lot of people aren't doing, which is like speaking out against it or not even speaking out against it, just taking care of business. Like shut this stuff down. You know, I, I will say this. I was a little bit impressed slash concerned that I know she had security there, but that she was able to have things thrown at her anyway. Like, mm. I know that the stage setup, I get what it was and I get that it like, you know, more, more intimate, but in general, like, I, I don't know. I, I look at that. And I'm like, man, okay. We've seen some stuff happen at concerts and maybe like up the, up the security game a little bit more. Cause like to, to make my second Taylor Swift reference of the night at her <laughs> concerts, because I was like really close to the stage at the last show that I yeah. went to, nobody would would get anywhere near that. You know what I mean? Like even people who were up there, there was like a and and I realized that the the staging different here was completely different. But I don't even think anybody would. I don't even think it would enter their minds to throw something on stage at Taylor. Like I don't even think that it would cross anyone's mind because you know if that happens, like snipers are coming at you. You know, yeah. so yeah. so I, I, I kind of I, I kind of feel like we need to have the fear of God put in people again. Like they are the celebrities are better than us. They are larger than life. Do not touch them. <laughs> or just like they're they're people and you shouldn't throw things at people <laughs> unless but, they throw something. Well, at I mean, first. I agree with you on that. I'm just saying I think we have to elevate them so that some people will act grown because some people might throw things at people physically elevate them. <laughs> there, there's a psychological concept called uh, feeling unlimited, right? Like unlimited in the sense that your actions are without limit, right? Like one of the phenomena I see a lot is people feeling like other people should be held to standards, but repeatedly, 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 when forces ask them to face those exact same standards, they feel unlimited about it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I just to be really frank uh, in pol the political fray. Right. I ran into left wingers all the time who feel entirely entitled to say things that intonate uh, death threats yeah. to people. Right. It's, it's shocking to me. It's so shocking to me that they don't understand that this is a standard they should not be held to. So I think it's it's the exact same thing. Consequences are really important for a civil society to function. Right. If you act like an asshole at a concert, you should be thrown out. You should get shamed about that. Right. And and the thought that she's going to turn around and enter a lawsuit with the police, it's it is so Bold. embarrassing, and it is not what we need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about what we are up to this week. Brianna, do you want to continue and tell us what you're doing? <laughs> so uh, I'm doing a lot of things this week. I'm getting ready to uh, go to Seattle uh, for a uh, fundraising uh, uh, thing that I'm doing with uh, something I can't quite talk about yet. I'm really excited about that. I want to talk to you about a project I just finished. So one of my favorite, my, my rarest most important car that I have is my 1986 uh, G-Body 911. 
And it's a fantastic car. I love it. It's old. It's analog. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's guards red. But the problem is for it to be like a really good daily driver, uh, one of the things that we don't appreciate is uh, the cars back in 1986 did not really have a modern air conditioner system. So I have been working over the last year and a half to take apart, um, you know, like all the condensers and the fans and the switches uh, all these things on this car, and I finally took it over to my mechanic to, you know, run um, you know, new um, hoses underneath the car because it's a lot easier for him with the lift and to finish this project up. And now I have a 1986 911 Porsche uh, that is the most glorious car to drive <laughs> in the entire world because it's comfortable inside of it. And it's beautiful and it's Yay! got more power and it's amazing. That's so I'm awesome thrilled about that. That yes. must have felt so good to finish. It is. It is. I mean, it was a really expensive project. It cost me about $9,000. But it's the difference in having an older car that, you know, you only drive on a perfect day when you can take the the top down because there's no air conditioner and a car that you can just drive whenever there's not red salt out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it, it's just, it means you get to drive it and enjoy it more. So I'm thrilled about that. Christina, what are you up to? Okay, so I've got work stuff, but the real thing is I'm, I'm flying to Denver on Friday because I'm going to see Boy Genius um, on, on Saturday at Red Rocks. Oh, my God. And nice. I'm so excited. So I'm going with my friend Ricky, who Simone has met. And actually, I think, Bree, you've met them too. Uh, and so uh, um, I'm going to have a, a great time. Um, I've been to Red Rocks twice before, um, once for Death Cat for Cutie and once for Jimmy Eat World. And I'm um, very uh, excited to see Boy Genius because – I love them. I love all three of them. And so like, I'm, That's it's, awesome. it's like my, 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 my concerts, uh, my summer of concerts is continuing. So, yeah. I'm happy to hear it, but I'm also sad we're not going to be able to hang out yet again when I go to Seattle. So. I know. I'm done. <laughs> oh, no, the cycle. Well, I'll be back Sunday. I don't know how long you'll be here, but I'll be back Sunday. Let me, we'll talk after okay. the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this week I am doing Polygonathon, Polygon's yearly charity marathon. So we are we're going to be streaming for 24 hours straight uh, from noon Eastern on Thursday through noon Eastern on Friday. Uh, this year we're supporting an organization called Foster Love, which is a nonprofit that supports kids in the foster system through like a bunch of different ways. Um one of the ways that stunned me the most was, I guess, uh, often when foster kids go into the system, they don't necessarily have like a bag to carry their things around and they might move between houses with their things in a trash bag, which is really dehumanizing. Um, so one of the things that Foster Love does is provide kids with duffel bags that they can use to carry their things. And in those duffel bags, they put blankets and like crayons and activity books um, and like comfort items like that to like give them dignity and something that can just be theirs. Uh, and gosh, they also have a, a college scholarship, which is the biggest uh, college scholarship in the U.S. that goes towards foster youth, because I think uh, only 3% of foster kids end up graduating from college. So they're going, this scholarship goes towards like helping them get into the college of their choice. Um, and then another program that they're running right now that we're specifically going to be talking about is Disney Days. Um, which reunites foster siblings at Disneyland so they can spend a day there together. 85% uh, of foster kids have a sibling that's in the system and 75% 70 of them are separated from that sibling. So keeping like, giving families a chance to spend time together uh, is one thing that they are concerned with. Um, and so donations go toward things like tickets and transportation and souvenirs, mementos for the kids to have. So Super excited to be raising money for this Yay. organization on Thursday. Good for you. I love this. Thanks. This is this is a wonderful cause, and um, I'm going to I'm going to donate money, and I'm going to like watch you stream. Oh. So like, I'm super excited. Um, I'm going to tell you where you can donate yes. money because you can do that at tiltify.com/slash/at polygon. So Tiltify is a platform that makes it super freaking easy to run fundraisers uh, like through Twitch. You like set up the here's the organization that we want to raise money for. Here's our goal, our money goal. Um, here's a, the stream that we are. The, here's the link to our Twitch stream and our incentives and stuff. So we were throughout the weekend or week. We're going to be having all kinds of like milestones and rewards and stuff. I can say one of them unless I get vetoed on this. 
uh, I'm going to be streaming Pokemon with my colleague Tina. Um, I think they're going to be playing and I'm going to be, I might play a little bit, but mostly I'll be like checking chat and stuff. But we're going to have a reward where you can pay for me to put on a frog suit and uh, I will get, and you can name me. Yes. You can give me a Pokemon name and I'll just, I'll be your Pokemon. You're Does gonna it be sound Squirtle. like maybe a little creepy? Are you going to buy Squirtle for me? Are you I'm gonna going to name me Squirtle? I'm gonna, I'm you gonna, can I'm, name me anything. I'm, I'm going to do this. I love this. Um, I do have one question for you. On tiltify.com slash at Polygon. See how I'm saying that again? Um, yeah. if, if, if I donate this way, do you know if I can also have my donation matched by an employer? If I have like an employee match thing, do you know if that works? That is a very good question. I don't know that at the moment, but I can ask about it because I, I think I, I remember reading something about this in on Tiltify, but I do not know exactly how it works. So I can find out that information for you. Thank you. And tell you, and then I can publicize it so that other people can know too. <laughs> Um, our rewards are not active right now for like the, the specific segments, but they will be tomorrow because they really need to be. Um, and obviously this comes out on Thursday. I wonder if I can get them to publish it slightly earlier in the day. Um, but yes. Um, so I hope you'll tune in obviously like a super important and serious charity, but also we are just going to be having fun and playing silly games for 24 hours. So it's going to be a really good time. It was a, a incredible bizarre time last year. So I hope you'll tune in. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm doing this week. Hey, uh, thanks for letting me vamp about that. Love it. All right, everyone. That's the end of this episode of rocket, except if you are a boosty, you're going to get a bonus segment where we talk about Ariana Grande and her <gasps> new, or perhaps already ex, <laughs> boo, question mark. If you want to learn more about how to listen to that segment, go to relay.fm slash membership and find out how you can support us directly and get bonus segments every single week. In the meantime, we'll see you next week. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.